Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 181 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K. It's coming, everybody. It's coming in a matter of days now. Matter of fact, I wonder if we could even do it by the hour, how far away we are. I'm bad at math, so you can let me know via the Twitter. Hit me up at Damashek and let me know. We have coming up momentarily for you. Ike Taylor, the shutdown corner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, going into his umpteenth season in the black and gold. A great voice, one of the icons, one of this generation's icons for Steelers fans to root for. We'll talk to him about uh, all things Steelers specifically. Big year for that team when it comes to the rookies, a team that doesn't typically throw rookies in there. Obviously, they're going to lean pretty heavily on not just rookies, but other young guys along the offensive line and so on. So let's kibitz about that. Right now, before we get Ike on the line here, and by the way, I apologize for my voice. It's it's uh, poor. Um, it uh, it came out public publicly from here in Studio 66 last Friday when I joined the Around the League podcast. Make sure you check out that fine podcast. Three days a week now, Rosenthal and his minions. A.K.A. Mr. Fancy Pants Mark Sessler, who you know from this podcast, Dan Hanzoos from this podcast, and our newest newcomer, Chris Wessling. And wouldn't you know it, those three guys I just mentioned are sitting in 66 with me right now. What's the poop, fellas? How you doing? Hey, Dave. Well, as I say, my voice is bad right now, but otherwise I feel okay. I should let you know, too, I'm departing for New York City. I'm going to be out there all this week with Mr. Fabiano Rank. Baja Biamilla and Smith, Money Smith, that is, for Fantasy Week. Make sure you look at NFL.com all week long. We'll be kibitzing about fantasy football with Hall of Famers. I'm not sure which ones, but they're big names because they're in the Hall of Fame. So I think that means that they're big name people. But because of that, I'll try to wrangle a couple of them and do a second podcast this week. I'm not sure, though, what the schedule is going to be like. Uh, We're going to be running around Times Square Quite a bit, so we'll see if we get you a second podcast this week. This one may have to do, though, 
like I said our, uh, already, though, <laughs> just listen to the Around the League podcast in our stead. Also, make sure you go to NFL.com slash check and look for the link to NFL Preseason Live. All the preseason games there for you as they wind down here. I know there are only a couple weeks left, but 1999, all the games. And if you like them boiled down for you into 30-minute uh, consumable bites, that's how you can do it, too. Get ready for fantasy, watch your position battles as they clarify more and more. All right, fellas, let's kibitz about the AFC North. That's what we talked about on your podcast last week, and you can go back and listen to that. Everybody on there makes picks. And let's get to the heart of the matter there. It was, out of the five of us, three picked the Steelers to win the division. The other two, myself included, obviously, if you've listened before, you know I'm high on the Bengals this year. So I think the Bengals are not just going to win the division. I think they're maybe the best team in the AFC, with the possible exception of the Houston Texans. And so let's debate that right now, and specifically... How the Steelers, how you can possibly predict the Steelers to win the division. And I'm going to start with you, Chris Wessling. Well, point to the quarterback first. They, uh, in my opinion, have easily the best quarterback in in the division. Easily. Easily. Way back, because I think there are a lot of people outside of Baltimore even that now consider Joe Flacco. I think that's a little bit But I am high on Flacco also, but I think Big Ben still unappreciated around the league and among fans. He's... He's a legit top four or five NFL quarterback, and you could make the argument there might not be anybody better with the game on the line. Uh, Sessler, how say you? One thing about the Steelers, as a longtime Cleveland fan, whenever they have a season like last year where they tumble down a few games and everyone starts preaching about the downfall of this proud organization, they're going to go back down into a real dip. They come right back the next year with a 12-4 and type campaign where they thump everyone in the division and roll into the playoffs. I just don't see the Steelers doing what they did last year again. And that is that I have to agree with Wesley. Roethlisberger was arguably an MVP through half of last year. We wrote articles about that. He was Honestly, he was guiding that offense. He did a fantastic job. I think that the offensive line is improved, and... The running game is going to be a little bit more interesting this season. Bottom line, though, from an organizational standpoint, Steelers never flop twice. They're going to come back and win yeah, the division. I've, I have a hard time leaning on that. I, when people do that, that's that's like the kind of rhetoric my old man spews. You I'm know, like oh the, <laughs> oh the oh the same old Penguins. You know, like when you're watching a game, like. Well, <laughs> Same old Penguins. What? I mean, Sidney Crosby wasn't alive when you were the, to the teams that you're referring to. I don't think there's a connection. And yet, you're right that if you look historically, I mean, to forget, you know, the 70s, or I'm, I'm talking the last 10 years, you're right. They rarely drop two years in a row and, and, and look lousy. And, you know, Trent Dilfer talked to him in Lake Tahoe a few weeks back, and he predicted, and he certainly seems to understand the trends as much as anybody from an offensive strategy standpoint. He seems to think that there's a chance that there are certain teams that are going to try and take advantage of the more open style by doing old school football, pounding the ball, pounding it. Dude, you seen this Le'Veon Bell dude? That dude runs hard. That's how Pittsburgh may sound by the end of September. Dude, that dude's a hammer. He reminds me of Franco, dude. Frankie Pollard. You remember Frank Jerome Bed the boss, dude. This dude's the best. He's he's the best I've seen since Franco. Anyhow. Um there, I think they they can make some hay. I, you know, listen, but Levy and Bell, whether or not uh, he'll emerge, I mean, clearly that's who they want 
to be doing it. Um, I, I they're very limited in the pass catching air. I mean, Heath Miller is not going to be out there in all likelihood in week one. They have no tight end. Most teams have two capable tight ends, which brings me to the Cincinnati Bengals, who I think are going to haunt, or Tyler Eifert at least, is going to haunt the Steelers in the first round. You know, listen, I like Jarvis Jones and what I saw of him in the SEC. He was doing it in the highest level of college football against the best competition and all that. But while there's a need at outside linebacker with James Harrison going to Cincinnati, the bigger need is that big target for Roethlisberger. He always covets it. Every quarterback covets it. But Roethlisberger, in, you know, over the course of his career a couple of times, has been on record, and it's caused controversy in the Steelers' locker room and with Kevin Colbert and the management. I need a wide receiver who I can – a big guy. I don't want all the li- – I mean, he voices that and gets some pushback from management on voicing those opinions. I think Tyler Eifert would have been the should have been the pick there. I think they're really going to struggle in the passing game. I don't know how effective you can be in the passing game. To, I mean, in the running game to offset having a mediocre or subpar passing. I agree with Wes, as good as Roethlisberger is. Who's he throwing the ball to? Is this why you feel the Bengals are the class of the division, Hanzoos? I think I just think top to bottom the Bengals are the strongest team. They have they don't really have a lot of areas of fault, and we did. We talked about it on Friday when you were on the podcast, the idea that, you know, what is Dalton? You know, and I think Dalton to me is a guy that is not a great quarterback, but he's not a poor quarterback, and I don't see any type of Mark Sanchez-style regression. I think what you're seeing now, even the aspects of the game that you don't like, he's not going to go below that to me. So I think as long as they stay healthy, he's going to be a guy that's going to make them uh, help keep them a double-digit win team for multiple years. Let me just ask you a question. How often does the third best quarterback in the division win the division title? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. That sounds like a good question, but if we sat down and did the work on it, that's what I'd be interested in seeing those results. I mean, listen, two years ago, when the Giants win the Super Bowl, would everybody universally have agreed going into the playoffs? Would everybody have said Eli is the best QB in that division, better than Vic, who's coming, you know, at that point? Was had the you know outlandish season coming back you know when he had already won a Super Bowl Eli yeah he, he takes out but Vic in Philly that season remember had the gangbusters insane season uh, statistically you had Romo and you know I I don't know that people I, I don't think universally everybody would have I would have taken Eli's Romo over Eli that year that's fair but I think the difference between Big Ben and Dalton is different than what the Romo. A Manning brother split was there. That's an interesting point, but I will also say that what you know in our brains, I think people who try and uh, try and conjure opinion in in prognostication, we we obviously look for these trends that, but they're, but they're not easy to just jam everything in. Well, this is the trend. This is the way everything is, and ergo, this is this this must be true here. I think the stay I think in the twenty first century, there is a chance for a guy to grow into being an NFL quarterback. He doesn't have a great arm necessarily, but he you know he's very sort of Ken Ander uh, Ken Andersony, and I whoa, because he whoa, wears the, but he, he's very he's very no, sort of you can't you can't use any Dalton and Ken Anderson yes, in the same sentence like that. But I just did. But wow. that's what I just did. <laughs> wow. Ken Anderson, arguably the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. Well, listen. This is his third season. If this were 1997, you would be we our conversation would be, well, this is his third year as the starting quarterback. 
you know, I think he'll progress now. There would be no expectation that we should he should be as good as he's going to be before, you know, by the end of his sophomore season, just because that is the trend. I don't think that necessarily is the case. Look at what Alex Smith has done. We'll see how he does in Kansas City, but obviously it took him longer to get it than it did I other think, guys. Uh, I think that's a much better comparison, Alex well, Smith. That's fine. But I, but, and, well, look, Alex Smith would have been in a Super Bowl if not for Kyle Williams' knee two years ago. We, and maybe would have been in it last year again. And we should have a much better idea with Dalton this year, now with the third year. And I'm, you're absolutely right, Chuck, about Eifert. I think he would have been a great fit in Pittsburgh. And I love what he can bring potentially to that Cincinnati offense where they're going to move him around a lot. He's also one of those guys that just looks good, like we're watching him on the Hard Knocks uh, series right now. And he physically he's just a very impressive-looking guy, athletic. I was with Dan, and he was... Very impressed with Eifert's. <laughs> almost, almost uncomfortable. Yeah, it was impressed. a little strange. <laughs> Sinewy muscle. I will. Uh... He didn't have an ounce of fat. <laughs> he was clean like a dolphin. <laughs> like smooth. Were you listening while we were in the room? <laughs> I will I like concede this. If if we take a scalpel to this division, just do cold analytics. The Bengals have the best defense in the division. Yes, they have the best offensive talent in the division. Yeah. I'm not picking them. I don't trust their organization. I don't trust their head coach, and I don't trust their quarterback, and those are three very important things. That's well, right. I always have sort of pointed at that Marv thing that he never repeated a playoff appearance. You know, there, there was never two years in a row where they did it. Well, now that that's off of them now. I think this is sort of a team that's positioned to now take the next step in, in an AFC that I'm not overwhelmed by with the, the teams out there that are going to go really deep. And we should note that Wes, as a child, was a Bengals fan and came to a point in his life where he – let that ship just float out into the water. That's you right. had enough with them. You'll never hear more cynicism out of even the fans of good teams. You'll never hear. The real fans really are the ones who are the most was, glass uh, half empty about the, their right. team's potential. Paul Brown Stadium was the crash site of uh, unrequited love. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I moved to L.A. That's what cool people call it. Los Angeles is the city's name, but did you know that people abbreviate it to L.A. And some call it La La Land. <laughs> Anyway, all right, listen, let's go. He's on the line. Let's get him on the line right now. Here he is, everybody, from your Pittsburgh Steelers. Long time shutdown corner. He has a couple of Super Bowl rings on those fingers. It's Ike Taylor. What's the poop, fella? I'm good, Dave. How you doing? Well, listen, I'm fine, and I'm happy to be speaking with you, but here we sit between an 8-8 eight and eight 2012 season. A lot of questions. I feel like the Steelers are one of those teams, as we get ready for September here, that there's a big range of opinion out there from the experts. Some people say, oh, they'll get back to their winning ways. A lot of other people say tough division. How say you, Ike Taylor? I say we'll get back to it, you know. 8-8 um, eight eight is not... It's not what we want around here, meaning in Pittsburgh uh, as a city and as a team. But um, it's something we could control. It's something we didn't do well in. But, hey, it's 2013, another year, another season. And are you now feeling pressure to have a winning record now because the the big story in Pittsburgh, PA, the Pittsburgh Pirates? No, no pressure at all. Um, (laughs) Actually, I'm happy. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, I think it's good for the city. Um, when the hockey, baseball, and the football team is doing fine, uh, everybody is in good spirits. Uh, small businesses, big businesses, uh, whether you're a baseball or a football fan, um, just being a professional athlete, 
uh, I like it and enjoy it when all three sports can come together and produce wins. Yeah, but isn't it like, I mean, there's, there's a real chance now if you did a popularity ranking in the city of Pittsburgh, it might go something like Sidney Crosby, Andrew McCutcheon, and then Big Ben Roethlisberger. Is that, the, is that getting the, some buzz in the Steelers locker room? No, not at all. Like I say, between a professional athlete, we support uh, any any group of sports when it comes down to the to the city of Pittsburgh. So, no, nah, I mean we got six Super Bowl rings. To be honest with you, <laughs> I won two. Uh, been won two. Uh, we've been a three. Unfortunately, we lost uh, one of them out out of three. But that's just the way it goes. So, uh, from a professional athlete to another professional athlete. Uh, it's no love lost. No love lost. We all love each other when it comes down to supporting the city. That's right. If you guys get back on track this year in 2013, plus the Pirates doing what they're doing, it's going to be heady days in, uh, on the banks of the Three Rivers, and uh, everybody will be a winner for that. A guy who departed the banks of the Three Rivers and moved west, you may have heard, James Harrison. You been watching him on Hard Knocks at all? No, I haven't. Um, I've been hearing, but I haven't been watching uh, James Harrison, a.k.a. Debo, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Silverback, as we call him. Uh, he's a different breed. He's, he's a different kind of guy. So I'm sure uh, he's very entertaining on TV. Yes, he is. That is uh, that's been my finding, Ike. I've uh, I've enjoyed him so far on there. But how weird is it going to be twice this year lining up against him? What sort of conversations will you have? Will you talk to him before the game? Will you be talking to him? I guess not out on the field, but uh, is he the sort of guy who will be yapping and not have any sort of sentimentality going up against you guys? Do you, if, in fact, do you expect him to be extra up to go up against you guys this year? I get a chance to watch him play. So, of course, I'm going to be talking to him. Hmm. Um, so, I'm going to talk back to him uh, while I'm on the field, while I'm off the field. Uh, it's all nothing but respect for James Harrison, a.k.a. Debo. Well, now the guy who the Steelers go out and get in the this past spring to replace James Harrison, presumably, of course, we'll see how things figure out uh, with uh, Jason Worlds uh, over the next couple weeks here. But how's Jarvis Jones looking to you now? Not necessarily for the short term, but do you think that the Steelers have hit on that first-round pick this year? He's um, a turnover machine. Uh, a mature rookie uh, has a knack for being around the football um, from practice all the way to the field. Um, I think Jarvis is going to going to create uh, and cause a lot of havoc in the NFL. And for our team, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to watch him play. Um, I've been seeing in production um, him getting better every practice. So it's going to be fun watching Jarvis play. And you were cool with the way I, you know, I don't know that uh, that the, that uh, Tomlin and company and uh, Colbert, everybody got, got uh, asked Ike what they thought about it afterwards. But are you cool with what they did in the off season in terms of bringing in replacements for Mike Wallace? Do you think Marcus Wheaton, for instance, looks like a guy who's going to step in and and not necessarily reproduce the uh, the level of production? But do you think that there are enough weapons now in the Steelers passing game to be successful this year? Well, you know, it's only one Mike Wallace, and that's in the whole NFL. Mm. That's only one Mike Wallace. Um, unfortunately, as far as like business-wise, you, you got to do what you got to do on both sides, on his side and our side. So um, from that perspective, that's when Coach T, uh, you know, gets paid him and GM as far as like him and Kevin Colbert doing the offseason. And they've been doing a hell of a job in the offseason 
uh, waiting uh, is 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 a rookie, um, and I see from day in and day out he's not playing like a rookie. He doesn't he doesn't look like a rookie, or he doesn't act like a rookie. Um, he is going to be one of my sleepers, I say, for this year, 2013. Not for the team, but for the NFL. Ooh, bold prediction from Ike there. Who's the toughest guy when you're going up against him in training camp now? Who is it? Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Marcus Wheaton, Jericho Cotri. Who gives you the most trouble? All three of them guys, all four of them guys, bring something different to the table as far as, like, statue and ability. Um, Antonio Brown is... For a corner like me to get a guy who runs routes, who can get in and out of routes as smooth and as quick as Antonio Brown, you know, it's a great challenge for me uh, day in and day out. So I'm lucky. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, very elusive, um, a different style of running, short guy with a long stride. Um, I go against him also. Uh, Wheaton, very deceptive speed, um, coming from a rookie you wouldn't understand he's a rookie, but he did play all four years at Oregon State. At Oregon State, so he's very polished um, guy and or, as a as a young man and as a receiver. So you know Jericho Cotter, you know he's Mister Savvy, Mister Smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can talk about his speed, but for some reason he's always getting open and catching balls. So all four of them guys bring something different. So it's definitely a good mix for me. All right, listen, Ike, I like no jive talk here on this show, and so don't jive me on this one. Antonio Brown, I like very much. Obviously, he's been productive since he got to Pittsburgh. You're a guy out there. You're locking up against uh, every other team's number one for the most part, week in and week out. Are the Steelers in good position when you look around the league? Most teams have that guy who's who's this number one, the first round draft pick. He's electric. He's a, you know Brandon Marshall, Calvin Johnson, AJ Green, and so on. Is Antonio Brown a legit number one for the Steelers? Antonio Brown? Yeah. Antonio Brown? Hell yeah! He's a, he's he's the number one guy. Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown. Gives everybody problems for like a DB to a safety. Um, one on one, I like Antonio Brown over anybody. Over anybody? What do you mean over anybody? Over AJ Green? One on one, I like Antonio Brown over anybody. All right, don't yell at me, Ike. All right, we're just we're just having a discourse here. We're going back and forth. Hey, what do you think happens with? Um, Riley Cooper this year somewhere. I feel like the league, because obviously the Steelers, not you so much, but uh, some of the guys uh, that play out there with you, get seem to get the attention of the league office with some of the hits. What do you think is going to happen when a guy hits Riley Cooper in a game for the first time? Do you think the league's going to be like, well, listen, we're not going to touch that, even if it is helmet to helmet. I feel like this is going to be a story at some point during the season that people, you know, that the league is going to not necessarily want to attach itself to finding a guy who just took a, a, a big li- who just put a big lick on Riley Cooper. I'm over here in Western PA. They over there in Eastern PA. I'm going to leave it like that. 
Enough said. Well done, Ike. That was very political on your part. Uh, man, you guys, I really enjoy talking with you. I've now talked to Troy Palomalu. I've talked to Ryan Clark, who is uh, just an absolute delight. And uh, and you have uh, proven to be the same. However, your name is Ike. I think it's a terrific name. It's uh, it's about as good a name as a fella can have. But if you ever met a woman named Tina who is beautiful and she has everything going for her and you're just saying, like, you and I can't be together because of the name connection. I know a few Tinas, but I never met the Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, great. But I'm Ike. Um, I know Tina, uh, but not Turner. So there you go. So you can talk to Tina's and maybe be like, yeah, maybe a date or something like that. That would be that would be cool. You know, every time I meet a Tina, man, it's somebody always say something about Ike and Tina Turner. But my last name is Taylor. Their last name is Turner. They're one of the greatest to ever do what they did. Hopefully I go down as one of the greatest forever doing what I'm doing. Well, that's true. You're one of the icons of this era for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely true. I've been watching you for many moons now. What is, would you say, Ike, since you've been there, what is the best win that you've experienced with Pittsburgh? Super Bowls never get old. Uh, Super Bowls you never get used to. Um, It's a feeling you would never get used to. You always want to go back. You always want to be greedy. You always want to get back to that point. Um, Just just sharing that with your friends and family, um, emotions, uh, the trips, um, the activities during Super Bowl week, the excitement, um, the anticipation going up towards the game, even the Super Bowl commercials, how much uh, hmm. people spend for Super Bowl commercials. It's exciting. So Super Bowls is something you can never get used to. Well, man, I just think, you know, if Roethlisberger would have thrown one touchdown pass at the end, you guys would be, uh, you know, imagine uh, six points away from uh, from number three there. That one, uh, that one still smarts for me. But, um, by the way, I think the correct answer is when you beat the Ravens for the third straight time. Three for three against the Ravens in Heinz Field when Palomalu finishes them off with the, uh, with the pick six there. That, to me, is the answer, Ike. But, listen, you know better than I do. You were out there. What's the worst loss you've ever had? Uh, there's no such thing as a worst loss. Uh, a loss is a loss, but on the flip side, losing the Super Bowl in Green Bay mm-hmm. um, in Dallas to Green Bay had to be the worst loss uh, of my career. And is it because Aaron Rodgers, I've talked to uh, Ryan Clark, like I say, about this specifically. Aaron Rodgers is a different sort of uh, character than you'll ever see. All the talk about Brady and Manning and everything else. Aaron Rodgers, is that the best you've seen? Aaron Rodgers was on fire. Aaron Rodgers was pinpoint accurate. Uh, far as like a defender, we was in position and was on point a lot of times throughout the game. And Aaron Rodgers still found a way to seam the ball in there. Um, after that game, uh, I had respect for Aaron Rodgers, but it took my respect level to a whole different level just playing against him. I hear you, man. That's exactly what uh, basically Ryan Clark said. He just put the ball on you, and even though you were in position, he still somehow uh, snuck it through there. All right, listen. Ike Taylor, what a pleasure. Please come out to L.A. after the season. We'll celebrate a victorious 2013 season for you Steelers. Ryan Clark joined me in my sports car. We drove around L.A. for about 45 minutes. You should do the same with me. Hey, when I get out there, Dave, I'm going to give you a holler, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take your sports car out for a ride. And I'm going to let you ride in the passenger seat, and we're going to tear the city of California up. 
All right, well, but I don't know that you're driving it. But all right, we'll work out the details later on. I mean, you could ride shotgun, and I'll do the driving, and we can put Ryan in the back seat, and we'll figure it all out. And <laughs> Troy will be our tour guide. Actually, he's been in L.A. you know for most of his life. He can really uh, teach us everything. We'll get the whole secondary back there. Cresden and the sounds, rest. That sounds like a plan. All right, man, listen, stay healthy through the preseason and go get them. Go get those bungles. Go get those Ravens and show them who's boss in the AFC North this year, would you? I appreciate that. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Dave. All right. I appreciate you being on the show, Ike Taylor. Have a good 2013, man. You too, boss. All right, there he goes. The great Ike Taylor. Interesting. Hell yeah, he says to Antonio Brown on being a uh, a true number one wide receiver. Uh, listen, Ike, good fella and all that, but uh, supportive of his teammate. But I don't know exactly that Ike Taylor or that uh, Antonio Brown can carry that load. Yes, one on one, there may be some truth to that. But as the number one, he's the guy who's going to get bracketed. Some there's no tight end that the safeties have to worry about. I think it's going to be pretty easy to take away the, the passing options there. But I like this comment that uh, Jarvis Jones is a turnover machine. Yeah, I mean, Jones is a guy that he could potentially be the guy that turns that defense around from being you know, the aging defense to being this defense that's on the rise. And I also I do think I think Antonio Brown can be that guy, and it's a, a lot of it has to do with Ken Roethlisberger stay upright, which I'll be interested to see as and well. And you love, you uh, you like what uh, he has to say, Wes, about uh, about uh, Marcus Wheaton. I do. I've but uh, Wheaton has been one of the handful of rookies that I've been the most impressed with. He, I think he has that natural playmaking ability, and I think down the road he becomes a better receiver than Antonio Brown. He cuts a he cuts a big figure out on the field. That's always the thing to me that you never know, and that that to me is the most interesting part about uh, preseason. Not in the same way Hanzoos uh, swoons at the sight of Tyler Eifert. <laughs> I'm always struck though by you watch these guys in the big conferences and you see how they match up. And some what's weird is oftentimes they look smaller on the field. They're the guy they look gargantuan against college guys. It what the weird effect is is when they look even bigger in the NFL. That has something to do with the number that they wear. I think like Jadavian Clowney is going to look bigger in the NFL because his college number is a single digit, and so <laughs> it throws uh, you. My fifth grade <laughs> basketball coach always told me to wear number eleven. It makes you look taller. <laughs> I maybe I'm being <laughs> duped by Whedon then because he looks like a big guy, bigger than what I remembered him looking well, like at Oregon State. I will say this, Jack, that uh, I just pulled up the combine page and he had twenty reps in the bench press, so he's physically a strong dude. So yeah, and Jarvis Jones looks uh, like he's filled out a little bit more. None other than Ryan Clark told me three months ago that he felt that Jarvis Jones looked a little slight. Maybe they, maybe he's been packing on some See, pounds. you're coming around on the Steelers. I can feel it. Well, see what happens. <laughs> I want to be wrong. Believe me. We're liking this rookie class, though. Well, so far, yeah. So far, the returns look okay. All right, now listen. And by the way, we recorded all this. It, I, to pull back the curtain, today is, in fact, Friday. It's not Monday when you're li- or the week that you're listening to this. We had to do it before the majority of the preseason games So because, uh, because I'm currently on an airplane to New York City. So we recorded this in advance. I'm just worried that, like, it's like, oh, yeah, why are they not talking about Peyton Manning being out for the season? You know? <laughs> That's weird that they haven't mentioned that yet because uh, we don't know what happened in the preseason games. All right. Very quickly. Oh, a quick note on Thursday night's uh, preseason game. I'm coming around on those Carolina Panthers alternate uniforms. I Ooh. felt I had to mention that. I also oh, wow. think – I also still think – I stand by what I've been saying this preseason – 
I, what is it going to be Mike Vick or Nick Foles? I say both. That's the correct answer. I think I think Chip Kelly's going to do no some. Way. I think he's going to do some college nonsense, and it's not going to be week to week. I think it's going to be series to series. Oh, I think that Vick will love that. I know he will. I think that's what's going to happen. Vick throws a bad ball or maybe two early in the game. It'll be it'll be like yeah, Nick. Hey Nick, why don't you give it a shot there? <laughs> I, I, there's some there's something to that to, to, to it's throw not on a that outlandish. Ball. I, yeah, that's, I think there's something. There's outlandish. something to I. I don't. Li, while where, it's where trouble is this in the line, from? <laughs> well, because they, Chip Kelly's coming from college, obviously he does things that are a little unorthodox. He likes both of these guys. Well, now, he's, now he's heard. Steve Spurrier. I could absolutely see it. <laughs> I it may not last very long, but I could see him giving that a shot. Breer right. talked about hearing that there was a potential, and this was months ago, that more than one quarterback would be on the field at the same time. Ah. See? That I don't see. That's, That's outlandish. That's kooky. But I remember an old Broncos <laughs> When says it, it's not so crazy. Well, I don't know. Maybe that came from some parlor talk or a, a boozy beer night. I'm not sure where he got that. But <laughs> parlor he t- talk. Hey, listen. Like, was he, he getting a shave? It. He tweeted it. I can find it. <laughs> hey, Bob, take it nice and tight on me, would you? You're the bee's knees. I love this Baba shop. <laughs> Give me one of them combs out of the out of that uh, out of that glass thing you got there. What is that blue liquid? It looks delicious. <laughs> well, you're in the parlor. Yeah, is that the parlor or was it an ice cream parlor you were talking? about? No, I think you nailed that. Okay. That's what I was picturing at least. Yeah. All right, what were you saying? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, Bird Breer had uh, yeah, he's, he's in the parlor. Yeah, and he's drinking, and you're imagined. Well, I'm not attributing that to him. I just he <laughs> tweeted at some point that he had heard in his channels of information that you know that's not outlandish that two quarterbacks would be on the field at the same time. Um, well, all right, so <laughs> let's move on. I, I, could, I could absolutely <laughs> see it going down that way. Last thing, apropos of absolutely nothing, while we were sitting in here in Studio 66 just before we got going, we started talking about doctors. One of the Sessler and uh, West both going to turn 40 soon. Yeah, when you get to be 40. You start getting that, you know, Chevy Chase and uh, and Fletch and everything else. They do the jokes about, you know, how you, you know, what the doctor does. To you, he puts on the little white glove and they and he puts it somewhere. That happens, and it's not pleasant. So get ready for that. Well, as, I think this came up because I said I had not been to the doctor since 1997. I'll yeah. be darned if that's my next doctor appointment. You what could is the be riddled? Your body could be riddled. Yes, right but now. if they don't tell you and you don't know. Well, here's the other you thing. You don't know. Sessler is a single guy. He's got no wife, no kids. He could live that way. Oh, wait. No, wait, you're married. That's, two young children. Wait, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's Wes. What if you could be, if you had to be any kind of, do- if you, if so, if I told you, you're, I'm, you know, I'm just going to like Matrix style upload what you need to know and, you know, in the snap of a fingers, you're going to be an MD. What is the worst specialty to have? My father for many moons was a uh, was a a doctor of cancer, so an oncologist. That would be unpleasant, I think. Mm. And yet he did that for thirty years. To me, I think OBGYN. They make the jokes at like the end of Animal House that uh, that uh, not Boone. Wait, who was the the main guy? Not uh, not Belushi's character, but what was not not Boone? Who's Boone's best friend? You know what I'm talking about? This is Uncle Talk right Boone now. From, you don't know Animal House? <laughs> Boone from no. Animal House? Wait a second. Yeah. Uncles love Animal House. No, I love Animal House. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I remember whoa, Boone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hands You don't know Animal House? No, of course I know no, it. Uncles love Blazing yeah. Saddles. Otter. I'm thinking of Otter. I, I know think, it. So. It's just one of those movies it's a terrific that picture. your uncle always quotes. And, you know, it's like nobody. It's Wait, a lo- old no, movie. It's that's Blazing Saddles. Years old. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm with Wes. That's Blazing Saddles. Exactly what do you find so hilarious? What is it I'm not you? saying that it's <laughs> The that Hangover Part 2? Is that your thing? That's your speed? I believe I'm on record on your podcast that Naked Gun is my favorite and funniest movie of all time. All right, that's pretty good. All right, you're it's off not that far out of the you? realm of... How about you, Cecil? Are you going to badmouth Animal House too? <laughs> no, I have no comment on Animal House. I have an airplane fan from way back... You're, Animal House uh, smokes. You're not birth. off the hook because clearly you don't respect Animal House. And Airplane <laughs> is your number one of all time? No, I mean, it's what I came up with right there. I'm giving you homework, all of you. Have you seen The In-Laws, the original one? That's yeah. that's one that is to me the funniest movie of all time. That's, really? Yeah, that's your that's your that that'll be all right. that's Alan Arkin that. and Peter Falk, you'll go wild. It's it's, it's a watch terrific that. Is picture. it on Netflix? Do you know? I'm just assuming it is. Well, don't make just make sure you don't get the one. I don't. I haven't seen it, but I have to assume it's atrocious. Is the Michael Douglas remake? Why would they remake that movie? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> OBGYN Otter, I think is who it is. They joke that he becomes a Beverly Hills OBGYN. I don't think that would. I thought that would have to be the worst of all specialties. Wouldn't Ooh. that be the worst? People are coming to see you by definition because something's wrong. That's not something I want to be dealing with hey i got something you know something uh not right can you take a look like oh you know keeping in mind that 95 ish percent of the population is not attractive <laughs> right <laughs> no yeah. it's a, that's, it's that's a really generous. fair that's a really let's you come up with a good one other thoughts hand zeus i, Wes? Would, I would just say the only I, thing is if you're a doctor but you're not a medical doctor so you're always having to clarify that yeah and you can't bad. actually help people yeah so like oh and then they like, you're not a real doctor and you have to deal with that which hurts because you know they went to school for 10 years and it's been a, trying to get that title and people don't respect you my, uh, <laughs> I think dermatology would be gross again. Yes. Something's wrong. What is that? You yeah. know, kind of thing. Can, <laughs> can you tell me, doctor? Like, ugh, I don't want to look and see, but, you know. Pimple popper MD. And I wouldn't want to be that. I wouldn't want to be a psychiatrist because even though that seems like, oh, that'd be fun to listen to people. I would like that. I would I, too. I think I would, but I've talked to people who do it. I've always thought, oh, that'd be neat to hear people's troubles and to hear what's wrong and diagnose that. But I hear it's pretty boring. I mean, imagine. What, what, I what, what, what does anybody have God. to say? What does anybody have to – what story are they spinning? I think it's on that note we should end the broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's leave our listeners with that. Well, also, give some thought to this real quick. I want to figure this out. I just don't want to do it willy-nilly. And you guys contribute because you're no longer available doing your fancy podcast all the time. You can't be in here consistently with us. So give it some thought. What doctor in TV or movie history, if your life was on the line, would you want treating you? I feel like, you know, Heathcliff Huxtable, he's an OBGYN, so he wouldn't save your life. But is it, maybe that's the question. Is your life on the line? Or if you, in his specialty, do you want to go and see him? Do you feel he's competent? No, I think it's... Save your life. Okay. You I got Clooney in ER. I don't remember. He was a kid's doctor, though, right? Wasn't he a... No, he was a regular doctor. No, I thought he was a pediatrician. Well, they were in the ER. They did all sorts of things. I guess he was in You're ER. You're thinking of doctor. Richard Mulligan from Empty Nest. That's what it is, yes. But that's, that's who <laughs> he you're thinking of. <laughs> Dr. Marcus Welby. All right. I'm not familiar with that I, one. That's one the great uncles talk about. Do you yeah. want me to hold mine, or do you want to... No, I want you to spit now. Okay. Uh, all right. I... You ready? Yes. This is a no-brainer to me. Dr. Henry Walton Jones, Jr., Indiana Jones, and I'm out. Wow. Pretty is he good. a medical doctor? I don't think he Who cares. Is. <laughs> He's a doctor. He would save my life. I and get... he has access to the Holy Grail. Come on. I might. That's uh, true. That's powerful. 
you know who'd be hard to, you know who I'm going to go with? I, well, until, uh, let me, I'm going to have to think it through. Uh, like I said, I don't want to just jump into an answer here that I can't back out of. But I'm, you know who's pretty good? He was a, he was an <laughs> SOB, but damn it, he was a good doctor. Charles and Charles Emerson Winchester. <laughs> MASH. <laughs> you don't know MASH? No. Hawkeye Pierce was a great doctor himself. Speaking of uncles. <laughs> and they, they operated <laughs> Nobody pressure. knows. No, I, I know Hawkeye Pierce. Mash. None yeah. of, no Mash one is yeah, yeah, I really am old. Yeah. Mash used to come on when I was a kid after Yankee games, and the credits would come on. Very depressing. And I had the music. It just uh, stuck in my head, but yeah. I never actually watched Suicide the show. Are you yes. kidding? It would be I, on WPS. That's a great song. When MASH came on at my house, that was when it was... Your TV night is over. You, that's it's seven uh, o'clock. It's time to produce. Further things. evidence. I already learned that. I mean, I, I really, I've all, I've known it now for a, for too long, and I really didn't want to embrace the fact. But I <laughs> want to be real with Dave Damashek. I want to be real with the man in the mirror about this. I called somebody unironically today. I said something about like, "Hey, listen, that kid's working hard," and I and he's a grown man. He's over twenty one, <laughs> and I referred to him as as that kid. And then I realized you know, what by, this reminds me of. By all rules, you must now become a professional uh, sports scout if you're calling somebody yeah, kid. I know. I'm well. One thing, one way or the other, I'm old. I'm an old man, and I'm going to have to come go and see one of those TV doctors soon. I'm going to go Doctor Quinn, medicine woman. Oh, it's <laughs> interesting. I thought of her. It's a different Why not? choice. Was that that CBS show on Saturday nights in like 92? Do you yes. know? Jane Seymour. <laughs> Jane Seymour. Right. What's interesting, she's married to like Richard Burton or something. No, she's no. married to Stacey Keach's brother, James Keach, who's more of a producer than he is an actor. But he had his acting. He had a little acting run, too. But Stacey Keach's slightly less famous brother, James Keach, they're married, uh, he and Seymour. They were best of friends in the last many moons on, on this earth of uh, John uh, of Johnny Cash and June Carter. Hmm. What wow. a weird quartet that Very is. Very strange. Yeah. My pal David Feeney worked with Jane Seymour on something, and she would spin these fantastic yarns about the four of them going out and having a few. And that and, and the reason they met one another is because Johnny and June loved uh, – Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Wow, <laughs> really? Which makes me think a little bit less of the man in black. Tan- <laughs> it's possible. Tangibly related to that, on the way to work today uh, on the radio, Hurt, the cover of the Nine Inch Nails song it's a great Johnny t- Cash yeah. came on. Yeah. That is one of the greatest recordings of the last decade. That's, Absolutely. That's the American Three album? Yeah. That's a great it's, album. Oh, my God. It's yeah. gorgeous. That's another great. Heartbreaking. Maybe that's a, that's a list for another day is greatest cover. Is that when, when, when the cover... I've done a lot of work on this one. When the cover trumps the original. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I wrote an article about that one. Did you really? Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good one. Uh, me and Bobby McGee stands out yeah. to me probably in that well, regard. Well, Jimi Hendrix, All Along the Watchtower. Yep. That's definitely that's a good better. One. Uh, Hallelujah respect. by uh, Jeff Buckley. That's a yes. great one. Yeah. Leonard Cohen. Yeah. All right, well, guys, this is again. We're doing a, <laughs> Wait, we're doing too much. My, uh, my doctor. Let's see. Oh, oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. He must be treated as well. There's some show. I don't. I've never seen it because, as you know, I don't have television. Oh boy. <laughs> Janine Turner plays a doctor on one of these shows. The old uh, Maggie. Uh, oh, that was a great show. Maggie from man. Northern Exposure. Oh yeah, yeah. She she becomes a doctor on one of these shows, and I had a, such oh, a big I crush. Thought, well, wasn't she a doctor on Northern? Exposure? No, she was a bush pilot. That's right. She's a yeah. pilot. What a she great show! She played like that was. the Emil- oh, that's my favorite show. She had of all that time. beauty really mark funny. that always bothered me. It was just like <laughs> what? She's yeah. now she's now a right wing cuckoo though. Oh, I mean, right. like she's that's, she's that's really far out. Uh, and she wears mom jeans. Perfect for yeah. West. <laughs> all right, listen. We've said it all. Maybe too much. 
And uh, I appreciate the Around the League fellas coming in here for old time's sake. Dan Hanzoos, Mr. Fancy Pants, Mark Sessler, Chris Westling, the new fella, the country bumpkin, all here. <laughs> they kibitz three times a week with Greg Rosenthal on the Around the League podcast. Make sure you subscribe to that one on iTunes. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce. I don't know. Later this week, if not at the start of next week. Either way, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.